Today, we're going to talk about how to prepare for your labor and birth while you're pregnant. Isn't that what everybody wants to know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Some people do it really early. I get phone calls when people are 18 weeks pregnant. I'm like, mm-hmm. you have, you have call some me time. in eight weeks. Yeah, you have some time. <laughs> Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host, Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the birth nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. Well, first of all, how are you? How is work? Tell me about work. Well, I would like to shout out to all labor and delivery nurses in Los Angeles and the rest of the country. It has been wildly busy. Oh my gosh. Um... As you know, most hospitals in the Los Angeles area are severely short-staffed. We've been hopping. Why do you think that is? Where are all the nurses going? I left, obviously. (laughs) I left because I have three kids. uh, Shana. I know. I'm one of them. Shana retired. (gasps) She only retired from labor and delivery and (laughs) still is a birth educator and a breastfeeding consultant. Um, Yeah, I think that COVID really did a number on a lot of nurses Mm -hmm. who are young enough to say, I need a break. And some of people, you know, the nurses in my age group, I'm over 60, um, just really had a hard time hanging in there, especially ICU nurses Mm. and uh, nurses that have to take multitudes of extremely ill patients. It really takes a toll on you Such physically yeah. and emotionally, right. mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you're hanging in there, but. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm close to retirement and I am really good with PPE <laughs> and I take every precaution that I can possibly take and I'm vaccinated and boosted and. We're part of the, I take it really seriously. Yeah. We're part of the 20% of the population that has never gotten COVID. Right. 20%. I always feel very cavalier about that because I joke about that I haven't had the flu since my son, who's 26, was in fifth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually haven't had a temperature since he was in fifth grade. Anything to speak of, maybe like a day of body aches, but mm-hmm. nothing. I've never, I never get the flu. Wow. I, and then I thought, I probably shouldn't say that. I'm tempting the universe. Right? It's like you don't want to jinx it. <laughs> right. But I've been fortunate. I'm healthy. And um, patients keep coming in. With- well, thank so you for serving our community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being in the hospital Hanging and in labor there. and delivery. So speaking of labor and delivery, yeah. how can someone who's pregnant prepare for labor and birth? You know, there's so much more than just birth education Mm -hmm. out there. I mean, especially in the last 10 years. And I'm really loving that there's so many more resources. Me too. Yeah. I have a cousin, um, Heather Valinsky. She's a chiropractor. And she really concentrates her practice on pregnant women. Sacral issues, sciatica, 
hip flexor issues, mm-hmm. all kinds of orthopedic and uh, musculoskeletal aches and pains. And I think it's so great that women are going and saying, can you help me work out the kinks? And sometimes when I'm coaching people on birth ball use and yoga postures and positions for labor, I can really notice, you know, you look really tight on one side. Mm -hmm. And do you have scoliosis? Oh, yeah, I have a really bad scoliosis. I've been told it's like, hmm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to say, you know, you might benefit from seeing a chiropractor. Yeah. One thing that I think is so frustrating when you are pregnant is going to the doctor, making, you know, saying how your pregnancy is going. And you say, yeah, I have this horrible pain in my hip or I have this horrible pain in my back. And they kind of chalk it up to like, well, that's pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, well, it, is there anything that I can do about this? I, yeah. I, can you help me out? And there are things that can be done. But I think, I mean, yes, they have been become more popular in the past 10 years. I've noticed that too. Yeah, that's great. But maybe still not popular enough that they would be referral, that you would be referred to yeah. get work done for a chiro- from a chiropractor or even acupuncture. And a physical therapist. Physical therapist. There's amazing yes. physical therapists out there who yeah. do great work. Yeah. With women. Sometimes people are afraid to put their hands on pregnant women. Yeah. Because and of all the pressure points that could induce preterm labor. Quote unquote. Right. Um, yeah. There are massage therapists, physical therapists, oh, yes. pelvic floor physical therapists mm-hmm. who specialize in treating pregnant women and chiropractors. Did I say that? Yeah. Um, there is someone who's very well known in the Los Angeles community named Dr. Elliot Berlin. Elliot. He also has a podcast called the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. And he was recently on the Evidence-Based Birth Podcast. Mm-hmm. Recently as in the past two years. I think it was in 2020. Um, yeah, Elliot's really popular. Yeah. And I have to say, a lot of the OBs in our community, Shana, they're good. They're getting mm-hmm. better at saying, I think you'd best be seen by a chiropractor That's or a physical great, therapist great and, and try to help work out these kinks. And, you know, I get a lot of those phone calls. Like my OB said, you might have some resources. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I do. And I send a lot of people to Heather and to Elliot That's awesome. in our community. So find that person that does body work on mm-hmm. uh, women that are pregnant, even before you think about getting pregnant, it might be a great idea to look at those hip issues or yep. that chronic sciatica or that sacroiliac joint mm-hmm. instability. Symphysis pubis dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I also recently started seeing someone named Ruel Kazanjian. Yeah. That's how you say his name. He is a licensed massage therapist, mm-hmm. but he does this thing called orthobionomy. And it's really cool. So I have scoliosis Mm -hmm. and I wish I knew about him when I was pregnant, but I started going after I had my third baby. And it really feels like such a light touch. And then he's like, okay, let me just move this rib. Oh yeah, that rib is out of place. Let me put that back. (laughs) And you're like, wait, what? You're moving my ribs right now? (laughs) But I asked him, like, do you work on pregnant women? He said, oh, yeah, not a problem. And 
you can either lay on your side or be sitting up but slightly reclined and he can do that orthobionomy work. Oh, that sounds so cool. To adjust your spine and get those ribs back in place. <laughs> I think with our day and age, our posture is horrible. Right. And that contributes a lot to this um, dysfunction in our hips and our spine. And during pregnancy, we need the optimal space yes. in our pelvis to um, allow for baby to get into the correct position yeah. for birth. And if there's any area that's tight in your back, in your hips, then it's going to impact where baby lies and where baby is positioned in your pelvis, which could therefore impact the length of your labor and especially the pushing stage and how that goes. Absolutely. And all the new postures and positions for pushing. So a little side note, when your nurses or doctors are trying to get you to pull your knees as far apart as possible, you can redirect them to a closed knee push. And we've talked about that on previous podcasts. I'm clapping right now. Yes. 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 (laughs) That's been um, hard retraining, but more and more doctors in labor and delivery are saying, fine, do what you want, which is, of course, my favorite thing that right. anyone ever okay. says to me. <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> I want to do is this. <laughs> right. um, also, there is a technique called Webster's Technique. Um, What's that? This is a technique where uh, a licensed, obviously trained chiropractor specifically does a technique to help Loosen the ligamentum around the pelvic girdle to allow that softening and lengthening of those muscles and ligaments to allow babies to turn who are breech. So we often talk about um, getting Webster's technique. Um, Chiropractors and physical therapists don't manipulate the abdomen in the pregnant woman and shouldn't. Right. But they can manipulate the muscles and ligaments surrounding the pregnant woman's abdomen and you should look into it. I'm Elizabeth Baker Wade. I am a labor and delivery nurse, registered nurse, birth educator, and podcaster. My birth education classes are concentrated on how to have a better hospital birth and high-risk pregnancy. What's high risk? What does that mean? High risk are moms who are experiencing histories of chronic hypertension, pregnancy-induced hypertension, we call that preeclampsia, insulin-dependent diabetes, infertility, and other comorbidities in their pregnancy, which bump them into a higher risk category. Mm. Why do you like to teach about high-risk pregnancies? Because there's going to be more interventions often in the high-risk mom. And getting familiar with the vernacular and understanding the risk-benefit of these interventions and why your obstetrician is going to bring them up and getting prepared for what's going to happen in the hospital, I think can really greatly reduce fear and anxiety. And a lot of moms out there have comorbidities these days. We need to help them out on their way. Making peace with intervention when necessary helps for a better, smoother labor and delivery, I think. How can someone sign up for your class? They can go to birthandbeyond.net. You can email me at liz at birthandbeyond.net. 
I will respond within 24 hours. All my schedules, fees, and times are on my website. I also have a consultation membership and a text me anything membership for a month at a time where I will answer as many texts as you need for questions that come up out of the blue. Lots of texts come after the appointment, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just had an appointment with my LB and I what don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm at birthandbeyond.net. Chiropractors will also do body work on babies. My cousin Heather mm-hmm. does sacral work on babies that have torticollis um, and lots of other kinds of techniques for irritable babies and babies who have reflux and yeah. so on and so forth. It's not just for moms, but that's one of the things that you can look into. Yeah. Do you think that a woman who's been tight in her body and then maybe has a difficult or traumatic birth can impact how the baby is. Is I do. that how it works? Yeah. I do. But the baby would be maybe have torticollis where the neck is really tight on one side mm-hmm. or um, tethered oral tissues. Mm-hmm. As a lactation consultant, this is something I am researching Talk about more. That. Yeah. That, um, so tethered oral tissues can be either a tongue tie, a lip tie, they're even like cheek ties where Mm -hmm. the frenulum tying or connecting the base of the mouth to the tongue that's a tongue tie Mm -hmm. or the um lip to the gums on upper gums Mm -hmm. could be lower gums too Mm -hmm. is really short and tight and it prevents the baby's tongue from extending protruding and getting a good latch latch. yeah and a deep latch which can impact the Milk removal could impact how the mother experiences the breastfeeding latch could be really painful. We could even see a frothy green poop in the baby's diaper, which indicates that baby isn't getting that hind milk. That's way in the back. You need a deep latch for baby to get that hind milk that's really fatty. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so we'll Where see we? green frothy poop. Baby won't be satisfied. Really clenched and tight. And you can see how it impacts the baby's, the rest of the baby's body, not just the oral cavity. I'm yeah. completely so, down for body work on babies. I, and yeah, infants. I'm amazed that your yeah. cousin does that and and works on on babies for yeah. that reason. That's awesome. Heather Valinsky at Nurture Family Chiropractic. Just another Woo-hoo. wonderful chiropractor in town. And, and she's my cousin. And I, of course, I send a lot of moms to her. I love it. A lot of moms and a lot of babies. No, what and about- Elliot's been around forever. So we're really lucky in this community to have a few good chiropractors. Yeah. And again, physical therapists, mm-hmm. massage therapists, you know, I have to talk a little bit about massage for a second. Yeah. I was massaged from head to toe a lot, even 26, well, 27 years ago. <laughs> okay. During pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. Both pregnancies, right? Oh, right. When you were a surrogate. Yes, I was a surrogate. We are going to talk about that at some point. And um, I thought if there's a possibility that you can trigger labor from getting your feet massaged or the soles of your feet, I should have gone into preterm labor. So I don't want anybody to stay away mm-hmm. from a good, long, lovely, relaxing body massage by a 
good massage therapist who knows what he or she is doing Mm -hmm. for fear of preterm labor, it's pretty rare. Yeah. I do believe there are some pressure points when the body shows more readiness, which is, right, Mm -hmm. their trimester, prostaglandins are flowing. Um, There are more signals from the body that the body has readiness that those triggers can be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. But I wouldn't not. It would, Double negative, sorry. Yeah. I would not avoid yes. a massage because it's glorious. And it takes intentional, sustained pressure on those pressure points. Yes. Right? Yes. To stimulate labor. I think I remember someone telling me that like, oh, you can't get a massage when you're pregnant. It's too risky. It's going to cause preterm labor. And I was like, okay, I'll just have my husband do it. And my husband gave me massages every night um, because I was just, you're achy and sore and your feet need rubbing. Like you're just swollen and you need that physical touch. And you know what it's like to be a nurse when you're pregnant. Oh my gosh. Most times, 12 hour shifts on your feet. I think with my first, uh, my son, I worked till 38 weeks. And I was like, Okay, I need somebody on this body. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a professional. Yes. Yes, definitely. Now, we talked about the physical aspect of mm. preparing. Yeah. Oh, we, we miss a little part. There's, there are also some teas mm-hmm. and a specific food that you can eat. Have you heard of eating dates? I have. In late pregnancy mm-hmm. and drinking red, res, red raspberry leaf tea. Mm-hmm. Um, can promote healthy pregnancy. So I'm going to put up some articles on the show notes so you guys can read about it. There has been some research on those things. And you can determine what's best for you. We don't want to pressure you to do anything that you feel uncomfortable with, but do your own research. But moving on from the physical aspect of preparing, what about preparing your mind? Yeah. There are those people that just walk smoothly through this world. <laughs> I don't know and, many um, of those people. <laughs> you met those people in labor and delivery. <laughs> I just am fine and whatever happens, happens. And I'm just going to let it all unfold. Right. To go with the flow. And go yeah. with the flow. And I really didn't read anything or learn anything or watch any videos. And guess what? They labor, they deliver, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are holding on tight to the narratives Mm. of how they need it to be and what it needs to look like and what they're going to feel or how they're going to feel with the outcomes if it's not the outcomes that they expect or they want or they need. And those people, I think, have a little bit harder of a time yeah, and tend to go down the rabbit hole if things don't work out mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I have to say that my, I wouldn't say favorite, but I'm trying to think of a better word. The easiest time for me is this is what I've read. This is what I think, but I'm open for conversation. And I want to know what you think as well. But I do take a temperature of that when I go in my patient's room and meet them for the first time. I ask questions. Yeah. So what did you read? what are you thinking about? What do you know about this induction that you're about to have and the medications that I'm about to give you? And when they say 
nothing. I wonder is because they really don't feel like they need to have a knowledge base. And then it's often my OB doesn't really think I needed to Mm. have classes or anything. So I'm just going to let it happen. So I have to take a temperature so I don't sound judgy, even though I might be in my mind. (laughs) Who isn't (laughs) at some point or another? I'm not judging you. (laughs) But what I'm thinking is I have to be careful not to alienate my patient because there's nothing worse than it's like, okay, clearly now they're not into me because they feel judged because I was asking the questions in a way that sounded judgy. Now I have to recoup my losses here and figure out how to get them on my side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that sounds so passive aggressive and manipulative, but nurses have to do this all the time. Well, and also thinking about the partner. Yeah. Yes, you have your patient who's in labor, but there's also the other family member who's going to be meeting their baby too. Right. And their mindfulness, their like preparation, mm-hmm. mental preparation beforehand mm-hmm. comes into play too. It's especially if, hard when they're not on the same page. Yeah. When you can tell that partners aren't on the same if page. The par- or if the partner's really nervous. Yeah. If the partner, yeah, is angry about something that yeah. the doctor said or yeah. isn't, I don't know. Yeah. Being on the same page. And I think a birth class can definitely help with that. But yeah. also doing your own research, reading books listening to podcasts Woo-hoo. and understanding your surroundings. Yes. I know we keep circling back to that subject. This is one of the most important subjects to me mm-hmm. in both educating my community and taking care of my patients and teaching my clients yeah. who often become my patients, which yeah. is always fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Is that if you don't understand the hospital dynamic, policy procedures and area standards of care, and you don't have meaningful conversations with your OB or your birth educator, then when you come in already nervous and anxious, people know who they are. And if you are a type A person, if you are a person who is nervous and you have pre-existing anxiety and you haven't had an opportunity to do mindfulness work or meditation or relaxation, this is not going to help you in labor and delivery. So take the time to be quiet with yourself, sit in a bathtub, light a candle, dim the lights, Mm -hmm. take a walk and just try to get yourself some help. See a therapist. There's excellent therapists out there and just start talking it out. So I believe in therapy. I believe in meditation. I believe in mindfulness. And again, there are plenty of people out there and they're just, I'm cool. (laughs) Whatever happens, happens. Let's just get to it and let's go. Yeah. Like, okay, let's go. Great. Awesome. Hey Liz, did you know that my business is called Preparented? I do. Because I want you to be a hundred percent prepared for parenthood. How do I do that? I teach you classes about birth, breastfeeding, and newborn care. My specialty is helping you have an unmedicated natural birth in the hospital setting. Aren't you a lactation educator? Yeah, I'm a lactation consultant, an IBCLC. So I can go to your home if you're in Los Angeles to help you breastfeed your baby. 
For those of you not in Los Angeles, I also do virtual consults. We can get so much accomplished during a virtual consult. And then I have some a la carte items like a personalized pumping plan where if you're going back to work and you just need help figuring out how to pump and get a stash so that you can have enough milk to feed your baby when you're at work, I can help you navigate that whole process. I also have a text me anything membership for a month. You can text me anything, any questions you have while you're postpartum and you're figuring out that newborn life and you're exhausted and you just need a little extra mama support. You can go to my website, www.preparented.com, or my Instagram, at preparented, for funny videos featuring my family and also my silly face. You do have the best videos. (laughs) (laughs) A little more about being on the same page. I wanted to plug a little freebie that I have. Mm -hmm. I made kind of like parenting homework. Before your baby arrives. Oh, great idea. So it's a nine-page PDF. You can get it from me. You email me at shana at preparented.com or go to my Instagram and you can sign up for my email list and get that Ooh, freebie. Can I uh, direct my patients? I would love that. My clients to you yes. too for that? Yes. Hey, you guys. And so, they, yeah, it's even about like how to navigate insurance companies when you're pregnant. Ooh, and a little checklist about first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, how to prepare. And then the homework is for you and your partner to do together, thinking about your baby's sleep environment and thinking about if you need to upgrade your car and certain things like that. But also, how do you want to parent? It's never too soon to think about how you're going to parent your child. So look at your surroundings. Look at other people at the park or in the grocery store, how they're parenting their kids. Take note. What do you like? What do you not like? Maybe even in your childhood and your own family, what do you want to carry into your new family? Are you suggesting that people explore their childhood (laughs) before they become parents? Yeah, it gets real uncomfortable with this homework. But I think it helps it Absolutely. helps a couple get on the same page and um and then you're not so surprised. And it, you can always change your mind too. Just because you write it down on paper like, "Oh, we want to parent this way." Once you become a parent, you realize like, "I was a fool to think that oh, I could do it Shana, better." <laughs> let me tell you. When I had my first child at just shy of 36 years old, I had such a long list of nevers. Sure. Of, everyone does. The first three went out the window in about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up out of my having had 37 hours of labor and then a cesarean in my stupor with, a, there was a pacifier in my son's uh-huh. mouth. Yep. I'm like, okay. Guess he uses a pacifier He now. was a great nurser, but he <laughs> nursed constantly. Mm-hmm. And I put him in my bed. Yep. And back then, I mean, you know, there wasn't, a, it, 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 it was taboo. Right. No, there are safe ways to coast. There are so, yes. and I explored the safe way. By mm-hmm. six weeks, I explored the safe way mm-hmm. to coast sleep. I mean, very, very specific. No blankets, you know, above our heads, yes. against the headboard, you know. Right. 
and I caved like a deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I love the fact that there's, that you have something that's a foundation mm-hmm. on some like, oh, there's probably so many things that parents just don't even think about. Right. And so to think about it beforehand, I've yeah. done the work for you. I've made these questions mm-hmm. and you can have homework to do. Yeah. But um, I love that. More about C-section stuff. Mm. You brought that up. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they hear birth class, they think, oh, that's for someone who's having a vaginal birth. Right. But no, you can have a birth class if you are planning or you know that you need a scheduled C-section. Right. And you, or, yeah, even if it's a possibility. Yeah. The baby's not turning. So we right. might be going down that road. So what do you yeah. talk about in your C-section class? Well, in my birth class, I do give a fairly in-depth specific C-section class. First of all, we don't ask, why are you having a C-section? Because I don't want it to start out all judgy if someone says elective, even though secretly in my mind... I am preparing to have a conversation with them just to kind of talk about their fear and find out what that's about. And I have to say that I've been able to sway a fair amount of moms in the last 30, almost three years to attempting a vaginal birth and about twins, breaches, transverse, placenta previa, a lot of the, you know, a bunch of hardware in your back. Uh, rectoceles from the first pregnancy, uh, rectal vaginal trauma from the first pregnancy, trauma in your life pregnancy. And so we don't talk about that when we introduce ourselves. And I say, we're just going to have a C-section class today and we don't need to know why everyone's having it. Then usually some people volunteer. But what I talk about is the environment and things like what to expect. And what the preoperative area looks like. And I concentrate on the OR. Because I think a lot of times when people come into the operating room for a cesarean, they expect it to be cute (laughs) and pretty because it's labor and delivery operating room. Like they don't realize. So they get in there like, wow, this is so clinical. I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's It's an OR. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's cold. The lights are bright. It's sterile. (laughs) It's loud because there's not window treatments right. or There's no sound a, barriers. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just like white so walls. It's like, oh, okay. This feels like, all right. And I do it if we're kind of leaning towards a C-section, even in labor, mm-hmm. by the way. I start talking about what it's going to look like in there. People are very shocked to find that it's eight or 10 people in the yeah. operating room. Like, why are there so many people in here? And I'm like, there's not so many people in here. This is just our team. Right. It's like, but there's so many. I'm like, uh-huh, there's a lot to do. And then your baby's going to be born and that adds another person. Or two or Or, three. Right. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I like to talk a little bit about labor in my C-section class. And I, of course, every single time, oh, I'm having a scheduled C-section. And I just kind of sit with that for a minute. Yeah. Let them figure it out. And they go, oh, wait, I could go into labor, right? Before my scheduled date. (laughs) (laughs) It's just because you have a date on a card in your wallet. It doesn't mean you won't break your back of water. Exactly. That happened to my sister. Yeah. She had a repeat scheduled C-section for her second and her water broke Mm -hmm. at 37 weeks. Mm Even though her C-section was scheduled for when she was 39 weeks. (laughs) She went to the hospital. They're like, they did the swab. They did the um, Mm -hmm. amniosure or whatever. Yeah. Amniosure. And it was negative. And she's like, 
are you kidding? I'm sitting in a puddle of my own amniotic fluid. Right. And they did it again. They're like, oh, yeah, you're ruptured. Right. We're going to do your C-section in right. an hour. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it's fun when somebody comes in for a scheduled C-section and they come in in labor mm-hmm. because I'm always going to check their cervix. Right. It's like, you're five centimeters and the head's low. You're halfway there. And they're like, really? Mm-hmm. Can I have an epidural right now? Uh-huh. And they deliver Woo! and go, okay, you just saved yourself. A surgical birth, the recovery of surgical birth, the risk of having, having to have that second C-section if mm-hmm. you have another baby, if you don't want a VBAC, or we talk, you know, about VBAC. Do you want a VBAC? I had a great conversation um, a few years ago with Dr. Uh, Blumenfeld. He is a retired OB in our community. And I called him up and I said, your patient's here. Um, she's supposed to have a C-section on Thursday. I checked her. She's five centimeters and she wants to VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean, which is, we call a TOLAC, trial of labor. Mm-hmm. She changed her mind. And his whole answer was, great. Call me later if you need anything. I'll write <laughs> orders. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. And I went, okay, well, that was easy. <laughs> and I love that. And I, I think most OBs now, mm-hmm. unless they know something about um, the previous C-section or right. complications if patients have had, like I said, rectal vaginal complications or there's a reason cardiac-wise I find out why they mm. can't push. We totally get it. That yeah. is, um, that's for medical cause. But I think a lot of the OBs are like on board with, with trial of labor. Like if, if the patient changes their mind, I mean, every now and then they're irritated it's like, Liz, why can't you just leave well enough alone? It's like, because I can't. <laughs> Not my gift. Yeah. Right. Who are but, you talking about? <laughs> like, have we met? <laughs> right. So it is fun to get people to uh, just be okay with it. It's like, well, let's labor for a little while and see how it goes. Yeah. This could be easy. But I love to teach a C-section class. So people like, okay, this isn't scary. I'm going in here with my nurse. She's with me. I'm, I'm practically going to handhold you the whole way. There's people in the room. The anesthesiologists are great. They chit-chat with you and your mm-hmm. partner. Yeah. And they often take really good pictures, I have to say. It's like, can you take some pictures? Because I have to go do something else right now. Right. <laughs> we like to do skin-to-skin in the OR. Love it. Yeah. I think C-section classes are really important. Awesome. I love well, it. We have talked about how to prepare. For your pregnant, for your labor and delivery, yeah, in pregnancy, mm-hmm. I hope this was helpful for you. Just to recap, we talked about massage, chiropractic work, acupuncture, red raspberry leaf tea, pelvic floor therapy, mindful work like um, taking classes and preparing with your partner, doing homework. Thanks for listening. This was fun. It was fun. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.